0: I am just getting back from vacation, actually. We just went to Prince Edward Island, which is not too far from where I live in Nova Scotia in Canada, for anybody who does not know. I um, haven't been anywhere, really, our whole family hasn't been anywhere since COVID kind of hit, and we are finally able to travel a little bit easier now. We're all vaccinated at least once, and we get our second vaccines in a week, except for my son, who's more I think it's in September when his next one is so anyway it was really nice to get away so happy to be back though and I always feel more rejuvenated when I'm back and ready to work so today we are going into a podcast episode that many people have requested this is all about what to say to your toddler at mealtime And it's all in the context of really what to say to a picky toddler who may be kind of complaining or, you know, asking questions at the table. And the thing is, is if you know me and you know my content and you know my philosophies, we don't want to pressure our toddlers to eat any type of food or eat any certain quantity of food because that backfires in a nutshell. I'm not going to get into that in too much detail for this episode, but just knowing that premise then what do we say to our toddlers to entice them to eat, to get them to try a new food? And yeah, how do we do it in a way that is not actually influencing them, you know, or pressuring them? So what I want you to do, let's just kind of start with the very first thing that is going to work is think about going into mealtime with no agenda of getting them to eat anything. Okay, I want you to think about it as... You know, this isn't about nutrition, this isn't about how much they eat, which might sound totally crazy, it might sound counterintuitive, but when you get into that mindset, then you can, you know, be more neutral in terms of how you speak to them, and then you can remove some of that emotion that we have that gets us saying things that actually end up being pressuring, and just say the things that are actually going to work, and what those things are are really factual kind of statement. So for example, let's just start with the beginning. So let's say you serve a meal. You put the food on the table and your child doesn't really have to say anything in the beginning, but you can just kind of be factual and and almost present the food. We're having chicken and peas and rice, okay? You're just factually stating it. You're not saying, oh look what we have for dinner. hmm We've got chicken. This is so good. You love chicken, don't you? Are you gonna have some chicken? So that can be interpreted as pressuring, especially to some kids. We don't want them thinking, okay, here comes the theatrics and the dramatic, you know, introduction to the food and how good it's going to be. And now mom's going to expect me to eat all this chicken and I don't want to, yada, yada, yada. So it's just very simple. We're having chicken, peas, and rice. That way they know what to expect. If they ask you, again, that's that's what you can say. But let's say they ask you for more detail after that. So they say something like, well, what's that though? What's chicken? What's right?" Like, I don't know, whatever they say. You can just answer to them and say, it's chicken and it's marinated in honey and soy sauce. So you're being a little bit more descriptive here. If they ask for more or they seem like, again, they're really needing some more information before they even go with it. You can say, well, honey is a sweet sauce. So you can describe the properties of the food to your toddler. Again, just be very factual. So try and avoid saying, honey is so good. It's so sweet. You're gonna love honey. Just say what it is. It's a sweet sauce. It's a bit tangy, you know, if you're talking about anything else. It's tangy, it's thick, it's white, you know, whatever it is. Just to try and describe it that way. And when you do that, I want you to practice being really concise, so don't elaborate too much because that runs the risk that you're going to start to say things that either turn them off or starts to get into, again, that pressury health talk type of you know conversation where you are saying things that really just aren't going to be helpful. You want a factual, concise response. And I'm telling you, silence is golden. So after any of the responses that you give them, I want you to stay silent. Say that one line stay silent, give it some time, pause, and then maybe move on with your conversation, If they, especially if they don't fill that pause with anything, that's okay, but give them that opportunity to respond. Don't feel like you have to fill in the gaps when it comes to food talk or comments that they make in return, because honestly, sometimes that can just make things worse. Now, if and when they say, I don't like that food, for example, some toddlers are bound to say it, these are the six words that I want you to respond with. You don't have to eat it. That's it. You don't have to eat it. You can even just keep it more simple and just say, okay, no problem. You know, those are some of the things I would say to my kids. Okay, honey, no problem. You know, and those are the magic words at mealtimes because it takes away all the power and then they move on. Or you move on, right? They see that you're not caught up in that. They see that that's not triggering for you. They see that they're not going to get anywhere by saying that and complaining. So just pause. Don't say anything after your comment of acknowledgement. So, okay, no problem. Or you don't have to eat it. And then just move on with your meal. And watch because many, many, many times they, yeah, might pout a little bit. But sometimes they won't even pout. And if you wait, they often start picking at it and then eventually eating it. It's happened so many times. I'm telling you for my kids and so many kids that I have worked with. Sometimes after, let's say, 30 seconds or sometimes maybe it takes a child longer. Maybe after 10 minutes of sitting at the table and them kind of, you know, crossing their arms and declaring they're not going to eat it they start to come around and eat it on their own. And that is, of course, if you let it go and they realize that mom or dad doesn't really care if I eat this or not. I don't have power over this. I don't have power over them. There's no power struggle to win here, essentially is what is happening. So I want you to try that. I promise this is one of the best tips. Now, another thing you can say is if they don't like it, you can say, that's okay. Not every meal is gonna be our favorite. So what you're doing here is you're teaching them a lesson that everybody has preferences. Mommy has preferences. Daddy has preferences. Your brother has preferences. You have preferences. And sometimes you're going to get your favorite and sometimes you're not, right? And it's just kind of the fact of life. So we're not catering to them. We're not teaching them that anything they want, we're going to be quick, you know, or anybody else in the world really in their life is going to be quick to just rush and give them what they want. That's okay, honey. Not every meal is going to be our favorite. Right? Or you can even empathize with them a little bit more. Oh, I know that's not your favorite. Hmm, well, maybe we can put that on the menu for tomorrow. Today, we're having this. So, you are empathizing with them and you are telling them that, you know, that food can come up later in the menu, on the menu, like throughout the week. But right now, this is what it is. This is the fact of the matter. This is something that we have to deal with, right? So, you could say, even like, we can cook one of your favorites on the weekend. Tonight's daddy's favorite. So, you're acknowledging this is somebody else's favorite that we're having tonight. And that's, you know, what we want. We want to be able to make everybody happy. It's not just about you. So it's a little life lesson there. And again, move on after that. Don't try to fill that, you know, silence with any words or trying to like console them even more. Just leave it there. And by doing that, you're not letting them step into your role of choosing what the meal is, right? Their complaints, I just want to say, their complaints are often just a necessary part of them processing things, processing their feelings, and that's totally fine. That's developmentally appropriate, especially for toddlers and even young like preschoolers and young school-age children. They sometimes just need to vocalize what's on their mind, what they're feeling. I need someone to acknowledge it. I need somebody to know I don't like this or I don't want to eat this. That's okay, honey. Or I know, honey, I know you don't want to eat this. And then silence. That is, again, just the acknowledgement that they need before they can actually process that feeling and move on. Because like I said, more often than not, they will move past that. And maybe not within that same meal. Maybe they do this a couple meals in a row and then they realize, hmm, I can deal with this. You know, this is giving them confidence. This is helping them move past their problem, their situation, their anxiety, whatever it is. This is helping them move forward. So I hope that helps. Now, another thing that you can do Is, you can try this one out. If they say something like that, you can say, oh, you don't like it yet. That's okay. You may like it soon. So, what I've done here is I've included the word yet because this is going back to the fact that eating is a learning process. Again, if you know some of my work, you know that I talk about how eating is not a one and done thing. We don't learn how to eat at six months of age and then done. We don't have to have any more practice. We're not going to have some setbacks. You know, We can handle every food. We can handle every texture. We can handle every flavor. No. It is something, it's like a developmental process that happens over years. And we've got to teach our kids kind of to go in with that growth mindset that this is something I can learn to do, right? This is something that takes time. And it's normal for me not to always be able to get it, you know, within this month, or maybe it takes me two months to learn how to eat that. That's okay. Or to learn how to like that. That's okay. So you are adding that word in yet because it doesn't mean that they're not going to like it forever and doesn't mean that they can't learn to like it. It just means they don't like it yet or they don't like it now. And that's totally fine. You don't have to like every food. That's okay. You know, one thing that I used to do with my kids when they were toddlers is I would teach them that kids' taste buds, so again, the things I would tell them, you know, these are the things on our tongue that help us to learn how to taste a food, those taste buds, they change often as we grow. And I would remind them every so often, I'd say, hey, remember how our taste buds change every month? Well, if you want, you can test this out and see if your taste buds have changed or if they've grown or maybe they're still the same. Hmm, I wonder, right? Right. And then just leave it at that. I let them decide from there if they want to try it. But again, most times they, their curiosity ends up getting the best of them. And they're like, I do wonder, I mean, did my taste buds change? I don't know. She seems to like it. Like I don't, you know, the thoughts start going in their head and they, from their own accord, from their own curiosity and their own will, will often just try it. And even if they don't like it at that time, I'm just like, oh, okay, I guess they didn't change. No big deal. Moving on. But again, that's the growth mindset that you can kind of help your toddler get into, which I know you will see a lot of success with when you get them in that type of thinking, that way of thinking. Now, let's go back to mealtime, right? So let's say you present a new food. And especially if it's like something they've never, ever seen before and they are very confused as to what that is. You can, again, be factual. So you might say something like, oh, this is rotini pasta. It's like macaroni, but the shape is different. Like a spiral, right? So what I've done here is I have taken something that they know, right? And that's familiar. So they know about macaroni. They know what that is. That's a pasta. They know the texture. They know the flavor, But I'm telling them the shape is different and I'm explaining it's like a spiral. So that kind of brings in a little bit of that familiarity, especially for a child who's neophobic. So most toddlers, they enter this neophobic stage where they're afraid of new foods. That's what neophobia means. And they're weary of what those foods are. And so when you relate it to another familiar food that they do feel like they know well, That often just brings down that fear for them and it helps them to know, again, what to expect. So let's say you put um, an egg roll in front of them. They've They've never seen that before. So you could say, this is called an egg roll. It has a crunchy outside and a soft inside. So you've described the properties, kind of the texture to them. And if they say, again, I don't like crunchy food, just respond with, that's okay. You know, like I said before. But you can still ask if they want a small piece or a big piece or whatever it is. Because again, sometimes they just want to express their feelings. And even so, they'll they'll still be willing to explore it. So you can say, that's okay. Do you want to try a little small piece? So that's not pressuring because you're not trying to convince them of anything. You're asking, again, you're being very factual when you're presenting it. So hopefully by laying that environment, that setting that environment, I should say, where it's totally neutral, no no agenda here. I'm not trying to get you to eat anything. I'm not trying to convince you this is good before you even decided yourself it's good. You are expressing or you are describing what this is very factually. And you're asking, do you want to try a little... Piece, Or do you want to try a big piece or whatever it is? And they can say yes, they can say no, whatever it is. You accept it and again, move on. That is the big thing because remember your agenda is not to go in and get them to eat things, not about trying to make their nutrition perfect within this one meal and this one bite, right? So let's give you one last kind of scenario, one last thing that you can try to answer with when your toddler says this or that. So when they ask, let's say, for something else, because this is very common. So they might say, I don't want this egg roll. I want a peanut butter and jam sandwich. When they do that, you can start with being really empathetic again. So understand their feelings. I, I get your feelings. Acknowledge their request and acknowledge their needs. This is a big one. So you would say something like, oh, you want a peanut butter and and jelly sandwich? I know how much you love those. I love them too. We're going to have one on Tuesday. So you see how I'm being empathetic. I'm acknowledging, but then I'm staying true to my role, right? I am letting them know, I know how much you love this and we're not having this now. We can have one on Tuesday. I'm choosing the menu, basically is that subliminal message. I am choosing the menu, although I know what you want. I get that. This is what I have chosen for us to have. Now, if they continue to pout, they continue to whine, and they kind of keep going with that, you can say to them, you know, try and find something else at the table so that you can fill your belly. So I hope that those little scenarios give you a little bit of guidance as to what you can say to your toddler at mealtime and how you can actually help them to want to try things without trying to get them to try things, if that makes any sense, <laughs> just by simply shifting your mindset, okay? That is one thing that I want you to practice. I want you to try out some of these phrases. I would love for you to report back to me. Let me know how they went. I'm sure a lot. Of, lots of times questions come up and that's okay. If you are looking for support with this kind of thing, first of all, first thing you need to do is look into my Feeding Toddlers online course, because that goes into everything in detail in terms of what to serve, how to set up the environment, what to say to your toddler, what not to say, all of the, you know, how to build their meals, like everything I would ever teach a private one-on-one client, you know, for feeding their toddlers, that is what you want first. That's the foundations. When you have that, then you can hop into the Little Eaters Club. That is my monthly membership where you can get coaching calls with me included in the membership. Anytime you have questions, you can do one-on-one with me, Or what you can do is literally get immediate answers inside of our Little Eaters Club Facebook group. So in there, you can just type your questions. We've got literally thousands of parents in there who will help you out, who have been there and who have done that, who have also taken my courses and can give you their advice. And I'm in there. My team is in there. We're answering questions daily as well. So that is where you want to go. This is how you get your actual support that you need. Because again, I always hear from parents, I tried this one tip from here and I tried this one tip from there and nothing seems to be working. And that my friend is because we need a full plan. We need a holistic plan. Taking one little tip from here doesn't work when you haven't got, you know, gotten those foundational steps in first. And it's hard to know what to do when it comes to your own specific child and your own situation. That is why the little eaters club is there to help you with those individualized, more nuanced situations. So, I hope that you will look into that if you are in that, you know, situation and you want a little help, check out the link in the show notes for that. And if you found this episode helpful, would you be so kind to just leave me a five-star review? Just a little note too would be awesome if you could tell me, what did you love about this episode? What did you love about this podcast? It goes such a long way to honestly supporting my work and getting it out there in front of other parents just like you. And, and I love to hear the feedback and I love to know what your thoughts are. I read every single one. So thank you very much in advance for that. And I will talk to you guys next week. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Bye.